Welcome to Somebody Date Jen and Kyle, the podcast where two people in their 30s look and try to find love. I am Jen Sanford. This is Kyle Marshall. And Kyle's being so generous because in our 30s, we're fucking 39. This is a mess. You're 39, Jen. You're 39. Uh, <laughs> this is a mess. <laughs> How have you been? Uh, yeah, I've been okay, Kyle. How are you? You look cute. Look at that, your little sweater. I uh, have a new moisturizing regimen that Ooh. I'm doing right now with my face. So hopefully I look like five years younger the next time you see me in, in real life. But Kyle, we'll you're, see. you're always so handsome. Pock marks are starting to show through. And Oh, stop it. You're so very my handsome. I mean, this is... I mean, I I never like your shoes. Upon us. I never like your shoes, but what? I always like your face. Wow. Wow. Just throwing me right under the bus. Oh, you can handle it. I'm saying I like your face. Uh, let's just get right into it because I have a lot of, I have a lot of things I want to share this week. So um, let's just oh. get right into the relationship scorecard. Kyle, Kyle, where, where you at? Because mm. you've, the psychic was like, get your ass in gear. You've got a crush that you've never materialized on. Like you're just kind of floating in the uh -huh. wind. And while I love you and I respect your lived experience and your own journey, what gives, man? Where you at? So let me tell you this true story that happened this week, Jen. I was like, I'm going to record this podcast this coming week. And Jen's going to ask me what I've done. <laughs> and your voice was in my head. So I was like, fine. Jesus Christ. I'm just going to sit down. Not my Jesus. Sorry. Just be clear. No, not, not, not mine. Not your Jesus. own. Okay. Good. My clean shaven Jesus that I'm trying to go after. Yes. Um, so I pull up my phone and I go into messages. And I pull up his contact. And for the next 30 minutes, I'm trying to construct the perfect message. You know, the combination of like, oh, I just thought of this. I'm going to throw it off here. But meanwhile, I've like considered every word, every punctuation mark, every little detail I can think oh of. Oh my God. Go back and forth, back and forth. It's like, no, 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 too long. This is way too long. So I have to cut this part out, rearrange this. It's like I'm writing an essay oh. for this like Twitter post that I'm actually writing. And uh, I feel like I'm getting down to the wire here. It's like, okay, I have to push send. Like, I have to do this. If this was a movie, I would be, like, on my way to pushing send. But that's not really what happened. As I was kind of writing the message, a message, boop, popped up for me. Uh, not from this gentleman, but a, a Tinder message popped up for me. I'm like, oh. oh, what's this? So I tapped on that. What I was met with was, of course, I probably, like, swiped right on this person here a few days ago. But they had just said, yes to me at that very moment and then left me a couple of messages right afterwards so it was okay. one of those like match message right away i'm like oh this is a good sign so i abandoned my little writing <laughs> project and am now going after what is directly in front of me um because i am a blind squirrel and i will just go at whatever is in front of me rather than try and grope around in the darkness you're also a bad farmer you're the only person i know who's like i don't need a bunch of carrots i'll just grow one carrot at a time is very correct and when winter hits boy have i not prepared myself yes so well, winter is coming go so then i started talking to this this fine gentleman we kind of start nailing down pretty quickly like interests things that we align with we should meet absolutely where do you want to go he's a big into trivia so he's like let's do a trivia night i'm like perfect great i'm lame and i know everything to everything so my my mind is like a bear trap for useless information that will never <laughs> be useful unless i'm doing a trivia night and then i can tell you everyone who won at the 1972 academy awards but that's for another another podcast and then over the, in the last few days things have kind of been in this weird state where he is really bad at communicating <laughs> 
And what I mean by that is that there seems to be like this 90 minute flurry where it's like, if I send something, he sends something back. We can kind of have this dialogue. And at a certain point, it stops dead for like 18 hours. <laughs> and then boom, okay, he's back. And we're messaging back and back and forth. And then it hits dead. And then I have to wait another like 18, 19 hours before he'll actually pick up and start to talking again so things are weird i don't know we're we're trying to plan something i don't know what we're doing we're supposed to meet this week what's happening i don't know so now i'm like in this weird flux of are we actually going to do something this week are we not going to do something this week well i don't i don't think that that's too that's too odd right like isn't that how it works in prison you're only allowed to have your phone for a certain amount of time in a day that is that is true that does explain his tattoo now that i think of it (laughs) (laughs) so wait wait i'm sorry just wait a minute, because I'm I'm happy for you with this. I would give it some momentum, but what about the other guy? Like you have a crush on this guy. Why are you, why is that not now not being pursued? Because <laughs> because I had this thing come at me, and I was like, I can't do two things at the same time. Jen, I can barely chew gum and walk. Okay, I I can't I can't handle having like two discussions or relationship conversations at the same time. It's just not something I can do. Hmm. What traditional values you have to be so cordial to date one at a time. Uh-huh. What a great segue to our conversation this week. Jen, how about your scorecard? Pass. What? No. Pass. You can't just say pass. Yes, I can. All right. I don't even think people give a shit. Pass. The theme this week, because I want to get onto the theme. The theme this week All right. is... It's that good, apparently. Yeah, it's that good. <laughs> the theme this week is this theme of unorthodox. And I have, to be fair, I have had this on my mind for a long time, but it's kind of hitting up against a threshold because as we mentioned at the top of the podcast, Kyle so colloquially refers to us as people in our 30s. I am 200 years old. So this is my state of the union on this. The older I get, Kyle, the more I realize that I'm sort of coming into my own in terms of what I'm calling a la carte relationship. And I have to admit that Mm. I'm really staying up late at night And thinking about this quite a bit, because I'm starting to really think about how I can, can I get this, can I get a relationship just the way I want it? And I'm coming up against my feelings on that, against the fact that like I am, it's been well established in this podcast that I am quite conservative. I really do believe in, in traditional family values, but I think that I'm kind of reaching a point where I can have my cake and eat it too. Can I be the Marie Antoinette of a 2022 and beyond relationship? This is what I'm thinking uh-huh. about. And I think, you know, back there was a great episode in Sex in the City that said, you know, this got me thinking, can we have it all? I remember I had a I had a boss once who told me, in life you really can't have it all, but you can't have it all at once. I think that's shitty advice. Like in at 39, mm. I think that's shitty advice now. I'm really starting to think about this idea of like doing things in order and doing things to a checklist and doing things in a way that is predictable and, uh, and aligned to a value system, I think, honestly, I might be done. Okay, but before we jump into this, I just want to define some terms here. Like this is a hostage agreement. <laughs> yes. I need to know what you mean when you say traditional family values, because I think that that's kind of weaponized to mean something very different depending on who you're talking with. Yeah, true. I think in 2022 and beyond, I think that traditional family values is no longer those definitions of marriage is between a man and a woman. You like it's not any of that anymore. I think that now in 2022 and beyond, traditional family values 
is do you follow the traditional checklist of life? Do you meet? Do you get together? I think now you move in together. I think that's moved into a new place in the pecking order. Do you get engaged, get married, buy a home, have children, bitch until you die? Like fight about (sighs) what do you want for supper until one person just finally dies? I think that is what I mean by 2022 traditional family values. I really was like, oh, I will just get on my little wheel and I will just achieve all the things on this deck checklist. And now I'm starting to think that maybe for me, it's out the window. So that's how I define traditional family values. And I I think we're aligned with that type of reasoning in that I think we get so convinced that there is an order to do things and like the proper order that we need to do things. That I think is something that is getting blown up like consistently the older I get, but also the generations after us. I just do not think that it is of the same importance. Yeah, I think it's I think it's over. So this brings me to this question I'll ask you, and I really hope that you'll ask me in return. When it comes to the state of the union on your own checklist for your life, for your romantic life, mm-hmm. what would be the perfect order? And, and run me through everything from like the contradictions, because I have a few, and the concern and the worry. Like, just give it to me, Kyle, from kind of the, t- the tip to the tail on like mm-hmm. what would be the perfect sort of sequence of events for the perfect relationship to unfold for you. I may have known that you were going to ask me this. So I've spent some time really thinking about this of like the perfect order of events for me. So, I mean, to be super basic, I mean, obviously that it would have to start with like meeting each other, going on dates, experiencing each other and like asking deep questions, understanding values, like what they see for the future, that sort of thing. Uh, you know, vibing with each other, going over to their place and spending a weekend, then going over to my place, spending a weekend, understanding how we all, operate in our own environment, friends, family, you know, bringing in the widening the circle as far as like who we know from each other's groups. I think there would have to be at some point like a very dedicated conversation about, quote unquote, the future, meaning like, what do you want? What do I want? Does this actually work with our with our framework? What are the must haves? What are the things that we can uh, compromise on? Like, what does that look like? We talked about this a little bit um, last week, I believe. I have this weird thing where because if we've been going over to each other's places and understanding how we operate in each other's environment, I don't really want to move in with someone without at the bare minimum, like I am I am committing to you, whether that's marriage, whether that's a civil ceremony, whatever that happens to be. I kind of want there to be a some kind of contract that like we're getting together and we are making this thing together as a pair. As Wouldn't a the contract be an engagement? Yes. So, okay. yeah, to, to put it plainly, although we might delve into this, uh, uh, drill down into this here a little bit later. It, uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be a marriage <laughs> in, in the traditional sense. Oh, okay. Um, but yes. An engagement would be a great way to say that. Now, ideally, all of this would have happened inside of six months. Realistically, I understand that that's not going to happen. Why? See, this is what I'm talking about. What do you mean realistically? Relationships can be whatever structure we want them to be. You and I hear all the time about people who are like, we went on five dates and got married. I think this is, again, falling into the old trope of like, well, there's, you know, sort of an order to things. No, there's what you want. Okay. Well, what I want with like all of that stuff <laughs> I just talked about, like we are, that is, that is a six month from start to finish thing. Like we're going that fast. I am getting old and I'm almost dead. So 
as I get older, this is the, the weird thing that I keep waffling on a little bit. Like, had this been five or more years ago, like, I really, 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 really wanted to have children. And the older I get, the more I have to question myself of like, do I really want to be the old dad? Mm. And I don't know if I do, <laughs> to, to be perfectly honest. I have a lot of fun with my niece and nephew, and maybe this that's just my role going forward. But depending on the, the gender and their beliefs and a whole bunch of other stuff, the, the children versus adopting thing would have to be considered at that point uh, together after we've moved in. And then we, we take it from there. I'm not beholden to a certain city, having to stay in one place. So like it's kind of free to roam uh, at that point after we've been coupled up. And then the, the rest of my life happens. I don't know. That's, that's basically as as much detail as I put into it. I just want to say that I, I, I'm kind of flabbergasted. I didn't have any context of how you'd answer this question, but I can't believe how similar they are. I want to just say mm. for the official record that if you're listening now, congratulations, you have found the only two people left on the planet who were like, I will move in with you, but I need some sort of commitment first. We're the only right, two people right. remaining. I think now we're, this is the cheese stands alone on this podcast, but I'm very close to this, uh, but I'm, I'm coming apart at the seams because I think I'm in the same boat as you where I'm like, oh, I'm 38. And I don't think we, at, you know, I remember that TikTok we had submitted. I'm not even sure if we played it on the air where this guy's like, yeah, you got to like take the pressure off and you got to just like take it one day at a time. And I'm like, yeah, thanks, Colby, at 21 years old. Get back to yeah. me in 20 years and see where you're at. I think for me, honestly, I can't I can't believe it. <laughs> I like to call my thinking on this. Thank God my grandmother is dead because her and her proper values and this is the way a girl, you know, a woman behaves and this is, you know, honoring our family. She would be like, I'm out. I'm out for sure. I want companionship and I am a great companion and I want to build something strong with someone, but I am not altogether confident I want to live with someone. There's a mm. there's a great uh, comedian, Catherine Ryan, who's like, I don't think I can put another man in my house. I don't think I can put another man in my house. I realize how much I enjoy waking up to a clean kitchen and, you know, going in the bathroom and things are where I left them and not dealing with chaos. And I have this couch that costs as much as my as my first car did. And if I had like a bunch of people jumping all over it or laying on it or spilling chips on it, I would just be like, because um. I like I've amassed these really nice things. And I'm also the product of trauma because I was married to a man and I curated this gorgeous home for him. And then when it was done, I was like, oh, I can't live in this home and left. And then I did it again with another long-term partner, curated a gorgeous home that now I'm fairly confident he lives in with someone else. And uh, like, I think I'm just so done with like curating these great living spaces for people that I then can't live with that now I've created my own space. And I'm like, hi, this is my space. And I don't want to be distracted from the fact that this is my space. Do I want a visitor? Of course. Do I want to put a man's in my bed? Yes, I do. That's very important to me. However, I'm not altogether certain that we are, that, that men and women especially are destined to live together anymore. It's a long road. We live for too long, honestly. And Kyle and I have talked about this. I go to people's 75th wedding anniversary and I'm just like, how? <laughs> I'm so sorry. Like that's so much time that you have had to figure out how to live with this person. Anyway, people think I'm crazy for that, but I'm just like, oh boy. Mostly it's the paying two mortgages. That just seems like a I don't care. weird thing. I don't care. I would work five jobs, honestly. But that being said, if you meet the right person and they're moving in, 
They're not moving in without a commitment. I'm worth a commitment. Sorry. If you're moving in, we're getting married. We're getting engaged. We're doing something. We're, we're forming a union. And, and then that's where I think you and I are the only two people that are left on the planet who think that way. Where it gets incredibly... I require them to give me a pinky swear. <laughs> I require one. Turn out okay. I would love to see what that looks like. And then it gets even more messed up from here. And this is where you can send your hate mail directly to somebodydatejenandkyle at gmail.com. I'll feed all of that. I don't mind at all. I think if you add a child to the equation, like I, I'm with you, Kyle, I'm right at the end. I'm right at the end. It's like, I'm like, give or go now. And I have moments where I'm like, I don't want to miss out. And then I have moments where I'm like, oh my God, I won't be good at this. And then I have moments where I'm like, I'm 39. This is kind of embarrassing now. This is kind of embarrassing now. <laughs> if I do have a child, I'm still not convinced that you would get me to live with someone. And do you know what a great sell that is? Think about me in a relationship being like, let me just, I trust you that you're a good person. We can we can do this from two, two homes. And don't worry, you can come and visit your own child whenever you would like. like I sound can, like can a I just, mental person. Can, can I just ask, in, in your reality here, is this like another place across town or could no. you be like next door to each other? Oh, no, I don't want to be next door, but I want like in the community is fine. If that's so, if that's so besuits people, I think it's because I'm terrified. I do this thing. My, my dad points it out all the time where I really want roots. And then when I get them, I like really want wings. So then when I get my wings, I'm like, oh, but I don't have any roots. I'm going to fly too close to the sun. And I bounce between these two states of being to the point where I make people crazy. And that would be why I'm single. I can't figure out how to get both. And, and, and it's crazy because like this summer I was, you know, in Geneva at the UN. And all I could think about was how I wanted to, I wanted to be in a home with a partner and had a little family. And I was in like, you know, the epicenter of global, you know, diplomacy. And then, you know, I'm you, those moments where I'm, I'm hanging out with, with Jesus and I, Jesus, of course, not Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, the man, the, a man who looks like Jesus that I'm going on dates with, just to be clear, like I'm, I should be experiencing joy. And all I can think of is I wish I was in Geneva doing multilateral mm. diplomacy. This is the craziness. And I, it, it walked me out of a marriage. It walked me out of a long-term relationship, this inability to settle. And then when I have my freedom, the first thing I want to do is settle. It's terrible. It's awful. And so when I think about bringing a child. In you're like a, you're like a tumbleweed is actually it, what yes, you are, yeah. right? It's like the wind blows you and then you finally get hit against like a barbed wire fence and you're stuck there. And then you just, you're just waiting for the wind again. Yeah. You but your way. I think the difference is, is that the tumbleweed doesn't ever doesn't ever feel like it wants to be there. I bounce between like a genuine want of those two things. I'm not flighty by any means. That's what makes it so hard is people will assume like, oh, you're just, you know, you're flighty. You can't decide what you want. And it's like, yeah, because I want both. I want it all. And I, I know how I got to this point. I was a child who was like, make your parents proud, do everything that people ask you to do. I was so dutiful that then when you, all the rink boards came off for me to be as free as I wanted to be, I was like, well, now I want it all and I want it all at once. And everybody get out of the way. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, if you remember our trip to the psychic where they talked about, like, I'm, I'm the Viking at the front. Yeah, hell yeah, I'm at the Viking at the front. And I don't want anybody tying me to the nurturer in the back. No offense. <laughs> me cradling everyone behind you. Exactly. I'm so sorry what she said to you. Exactly. But you have to just think about how, like, in theory, how selfish that would be. Like, I think anybody listening right now that has a child either thinks, A, I'm brilliant, or B, I'm totally out to lunch. I think often around the Kardashians, right? Like, look at the Kardashians. Men to that group are totally disposable. 
They are very successful, good-looking sperm donors. They have totally figured out that the parenting style that works for them is for all of those sisters to be working together, to have kids in a common age, and to raise them like commune style. Like it's commune style parenting with spanks on. And I think that we don't, we don't really recognize how influential that is in, in society and in community. And I think you're going to see an uprising of women my age who are like, listen, this is my crack at it and I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it in a really unorthodox way. And I would never have thought of, of that for myself like 10, 15 years ago. I would have thought that was so selfish. But now I just think like if it creates the strongest ecosystem for me to thrive, then maybe it's the right thing for a family. But you have to think about attracting a partner into that energy because you don't want to wind mm -hmm. up with some deadbeat. But you also want to wind up with someone who's going to be really on side with the fact that you really are going to raise your child like divorced parents with intentionality. Like that's the intention. That's not like an accidental outcome. It's like, no, it was set up this way from the beginning. I think the the crucial piece of that is intentionality. You're going into this with the understanding that this is how things are going to work. And <laughs> if things are planned properly, you can rely on those other people, whether that's your partner your your family, their family, whatever it happens to be. This is something I've written down too. Like to ask myself a question, like what is unorthodox for me? Like what beliefs do I have that are unorthodox? That's one of them. I actually think that bringing a kid into this world now, there's that old phrase that everyone's raised by a village or no, how's it go? It takes a village to raise a child. It takes a village to raise a child. And I'm using that as a very uh, clear metaphor here where Yes, like there's my parents, there's my sister, there's these other people over here, there's my friends. Like I, I want there to be that community aspect to the raising of that to, of that kid if I was to bring one into the world. Now, th this is where things get tricky because, you know, you mentioned wanting that commitment before I move in to a place with somebody. I believe in that while simultaneously being like, do I think that everyone needs to go through a wedding or make that commitment publicly? It's like, no, I don't. I don't think that like a wedding is needed. No, me neither. Elopements actually look more and more appetizing to me <laughs> the older I get anyways. But I do think that that legal document saying that like we are coupled up, we are an actual like <laughs> we are together is important to me that I, I want that thing to be there. This is really is not unorthodox. I'm just going to point out there. I really do believe in sex before marriage. <laughs> so take that as you will. But I think really the only biggest like super unorthodox thing, you want separate houses. I'm not willing to go that far yet. Which I'm surprised. I am surprised mm -hmm. because I know how independent you are and I know how, what is the word here? Let me just Persnickety. wait. I was, that's a close one, but I think it's, you are particular, I think. I mean, it's mm -hmm. worth noting that, you know, I always try to get Kyle to move his screen left to right. I'm trying to figure out what Kyle's super posh apartment looks like. I'm trying to get into the apartment. It's, you can oh, join a, us. A dump. It is Stop such it. a dump. You can join us on apartment watch. I'm trying to get into the apartment. <laughs> but, but I will go as far as I think I would push for separate rooms. Oh, really? Yeah, that is not to say that I would never sleep in the same bed as somebody else or that we wouldn't spend time or that we would, wouldn't be intimate or that we wouldn't like fall asleep in each other's arms, all that bullshit, you know, <laughs> that stuff. But I just know from many, many, many experiences, I cannot fall asleep when there is someone in my bed. I can't do it. I toss and turn all night long and never fall asleep and then I'm just tired the next day there's a specific angle i like 
and spread out that I like, and I and I get too overheated because there's someone else under the covers, and I can't do it. Welcome so to I need 38. you to go. Welcome to 38. I need you to go to a separate bed so I can actually sleep, and we can have fun times later. I just need to sleep. How many? Let me just probe this for a minute. As a married person, let me just probe it. Okay, actually, let me make a comment and then I'm going to probe it. I think that if there's people listening who are married or have been in long-term relationships, they're like, what is wrong with Kyle? When you're in a relationship, obviously you share a bed. And I would just invite you right now to just really check yourself around how often either you or your partner spend a night on the couch, a night in the kids' bunk beds, a night in the bathtub on a bad night. Because I think it's, it's like backing up your hard drive. We all secretly do it, but we don't really talk about the fact that we all do it. I was going to say something super gratuitous there. I'm really glad that I backed off. It's, it's, it's also more that if people can't tell by just listening to my voice, I am six foot four. And therefore, I just don't fit into a normal size bed either. I think that's also part of it. Like I need to like maneuver myself so that I'm in the I right had position. A, I had a husband who was six foot four. You know what? You you make it you make it work. But I bet you you've heard people saying like, oh, with the mm-hmm. right partner, you'll figure it out. But let me this is the probe I want to get back to. You. I don't want to lose it. How many consecutive nights have you spent with a partner in your dating history? Uh, well, the most I've ever done is two. So yeah, I can't so say is, it's like been extensive. This is what I'm saying is that once you crest into four, your body reaches a state of exhaustion that is so primed that you learn to sleep with that partner. It is really a learned, it really is a learned behavior just to give some time to the other side. What is, what is your super unorthodox opinion? I don't want to say it. I'm really going to get a lot of hate. Why? I don't want to say, I don't want to say it. Okay. Well, let's say that it's a friend of yours named... <laughs> Bennifer Bamford. <laughs> yeah, no, Um, this is mine. Oh my God, I'm in so much trouble. Kyle, I do not believe mm-hmm. in, in equality between a man and a woman. <laughs> oh there. boy. It's just okay. out there. I just want to point out, it is Jen and only Jen who has said this on the podcast. Yeah, isn't that a great thing about, you know, the wokeness of 2022 is that if you said this, you would be canceled forever. I will just be hated and branded as some ridiculous conservative. But this is what I mean. I really think that some of the challenges that I've had in relationships are two strong-willed people just going head-to-head in a no-holds-barred thunderdome of, I'm the leader. You're the Tina Turner in this uh, equation? or totes. I have learned that I am a great supportive partner. I provide information. I provide direction. I provide expertise. I provide comfort. I provide solace. I provide encouragement. Because I am naturally good at those things, I don't see any need to also be the leader. I don't. I just don't. One of the things that I really try to unpack in my own relationships is the idea that maybe my role is as someone who helps helps a leader to be successful. I just think I am a leader at work. I am a leader in the community. I try to be the best at what I do. I don't then need to go home and project manage that world. I want a strong, assertive partner. And to get it, I'm willing to be the second. And the only way that I can, I can describe it is honoring a partner. This sounds so fucked. I'm sorry. Honoring a partner as the head of the household, but taking your position as the neck and the shoulders and being the strength to hold that head very high. And also when needed, having the will to turn that head to the direction that you see fit. So it's not like I'm saying, give up your, I'm giving up my power. It's not like I'm saying I'm going to be subservient. I'm not built like that. I would not be capable of doing that. But what I am saying is that when a partner says to me, this is the way in which I want this to be, 
pause, pause, pause. Thoughts on that, Jen? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm aligned with that. Let me know how I can execute that for you. Like, let me know how I can help that, that initiative to be successful. I'm just simply worn out in being like, do you hear me? Do you see me? Am I full? Am I your full equal? I just want to meet someone who the values are aligned. The direction for the future is the same. And I'm happy to get in the passenger seat and navigate. I feel like what you're really saying here is that you're still going into a relationship as two equals. It's just that each of you has decided, or I guess, I don't know, elected to be like, this is my role that I'm going to focus on. This is my role I'm going to focus on. And you can help support each other uh, when needed. But I'm willing to make this argument that two equal people can go into a relationship and not have equality. And I think that I can carve that. I think that I can figure that out. Mm -hmm. Now, I know the irony of people listening and being like, well, if you're 38 years old and you haven't figured it out by now, you're wrong. And maybe I am wrong, (laughs) but I'm going to go down. I'm going to go down fighting. I do feel like what I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is like, however people go into a relationship, good on you. I'm just speaking to my own, my own lived experience. Mm -hmm. That's what works. That's what I'm finding is what I think now that I know myself is really going to work for me. I got thinking about whether you and I have an unorthodox way of looking at things, but then the public would be like, oh no, we're very, we're way more traditional than you and I. So I did a little bit of recon. So the question of the week Mm. this week, which I hope you visit our website, somebodydatejenandkyle.com and you go to the question of the week and you answer the question of the week. It comes directly to me. Like it's not like there's some big repository. It just comes right to me. And I read them on my phone and flag them and share them with Kyle. So it's just that colloquial over here. But the question of the week I asked was, do you want to get married? I just wanted to just, because that's when we think about orthodox and unorthodox things, we have a tendency to think about the trope of marriage first. So I just asked the question, do you want to get married? And three responses right away all said the same thing. Let's read some of them, Kyle. Sure. Kim Okiro says, uh, no, because I don't need to. Never wanted to live with a man, was never my goal, don't want children, I love living alone. Found a divorced dude who did the marriage kid thing despite knowing that he wanted to live alone, but caved to the script when young. He lives alone now too. We cool. <laughs> I love. <laughs> like how that ends. Yeah. yeah, I do too. Jasmine says, it never even occurred to me as a child that I would be expected to marry and have kids. For some reason, that propaganda never stuck, and I always envisioned my adult life as living solo. Graham says, I was married when I was younger, and I've been in other relationships. None of the relationships ended badly, and I have pleasant thoughts about them. However, I always end up feeling like I'm giving up too much of my identity and ultimately not as happy as when I was when I was alone. Like, it just really was like piece of feedback after piece of feedback that was saying like, no, this is not for me. We've cultivated this audience of iconoclasts, Jen. (laughs) Isn't this great? (laughs) But what's interesting is that I also secretly planted a Reddit poll about three months ago. And in it, (laughs) I asked this question of, do you want to get married one day? And if you are already married, would you still get married today if you had to do it all over again? And overwhelmingly, men said, yes, I do want to get married. A good portion of women said yes, too, although not nearly. I think men, men had almost three times what women did in terms of saying mm-hmm. yes. You know, a very small amount of men and women said no. So it's interesting that we asked the question, do you want to get married? And people gave their feedback of, are you kidding? And maybe that's just because we have a podcast about dating, right? Where our target audience mm. isn't, well, you know, married people, but it is people looking for love. So that matters. But then when we put it in a poll and we divided the poll by gender, we were struck to find the amount of people that said like, yeah, 
yeah, I do. I would do want to get married. So, you know, we have those two, those two things conflicting. But one of the things that I really got thinking as we were putting this episode together was how much of people really just associated marriage with the subjugation of women, right? Like how much mm-hmm. is that really what's doing bad PR for marriage? It's not the fact that Kyle, you're going to have to sleep in a bed with with him, her, they. It's not the fact that I'm going to have to share an apartment with that person and I have to buy just one crib instead of two for one for each house. It's the idea that people are repelled by it because they feel as though it is still something that makes women lesser. And I think if you belong to one of those groups, I'll be interested to know how you feel about my whole shit about equality and how I'm letting (laughs) go of equality. We did have some people put in the comments around the subjugation issue, you know, a few things that really stood out. And, and, and I want to read one of them for you. We had a submission that said, and I think that this is so the definition of unorthodox. This is what it said. I belong to myself. Marriage is a form of subjugation of women, outdated and abhorrent practice that ruins credit and lives. The bulk of my aversion toward marriage is because I'm adverse to its history as the site of exploitation and subjugation for women as well as the ways in which it exists to legally entrench and privilege the heterosexual family unit and nuclear family unit, which I think comes as a deterrent to other forms of community building and an investment in other forms of interpersonal relationships. It's fucked up that the rights like healthcare and immigration are tied to marriage. As it currently exists, the nuclear family really bolsters the existence of capitalism. I would like to see the abortion of marriage as a legal institution. Somebody find that guy. He is not okay. Wasn't that like an incredibly heady response? I got it and was like, I do not know what to do with this, but I feel like this guy might be running for Senate. I mean, I, oh boy, I am sympathetic to some of his points that he makes in, in this comment. Not that I am like uber socialist or anything over here, but I think like wanton capitalism does do a lot of evil in this world but we'll save that for your political podcast what i will say there is the intellectual argument that you just made there is one thing and there's the reality that people on the ground have to face and so i guess all i can say is like i don't want to be just like flippant to what they just communicated here but i do think that if someone chooses to go down a more traditional path that they're not being like hoodwinked by some corporate elite or whoever you want to point a finger at like absolutely if you're entering a marriage because you think it's going to fix a relationship or because you think you're obligated to do that then i would yes definitely take a big hard look at why you're choosing to do this with that other person but and he kind of mentions this here i feel like i am just way too influenced by the gay marriage debate if that's what we want to phrase it as been legal here in canada since 2005 united states since 2015 and being able to proudly stand next to a person that you love and proclaim to the world i think that that's a beautiful thing to have that opportunity to do that and in the legal protection that marriage brings that also means that when your partner is laying dying in a hospital bed your the homophobic family can't say no to you that's to come right. and visit them that's right so may, i'm not beholden to like a public ceremony that that marriage goes through but i do think that that active commitment is an important one and that's just kind of where i stand on it but here's the thing is that as there's a waving tide to say like maybe we want to adopt something more progressive or something more unorthodox just to keep coming back to that word because it's really the i think the word that sort of unites this this particular episode i'm really 
often fascinated about how we're opening up all of our options, but then we're meeting what previously existed with still a lot of judgment. I think my point is this, like if we live in a world where we can have whatever we want, whenever we want, right? We can have babies with friends, right? Look at, you know, successful women having children with and for their their homosexual partners or even, mm-hmm. you know, having, you know, children with, with girlfriends and, and raising them as a community. Surrogate, sure. Surrogates because we're too posh to push. Um, you know, women having dogs that they love more than they'll ever have a partner and very, very happy with the fact that they, you know, you know, Charlie goes to the dog park and I don't have room for a man. Um, we have thruples and sister wives and open marriages. We're like, let's open up all of the all of the floodgates to have all of these things, some of which I think are very exciting. But then we have the people who still want to do something very traditional and are subject to judgment. Like, do you ever just kind of stop and think about that? I guess this is a, a them problem versus a you problem when I look at it that way. Because yeah, if you're thumbing your nose at somebody because they're choosing a different way to raise their family or to be in a relationship like that's kind of on you i don't know the, the, this whole argument is <laughs> is weird to me in that it's like sure I, I agree that if we're only looking at marriage like that that the concept of marriage the process of marriage the ceremony of marriage as being the only way that you can proclaim love and have legal rights then i agree but i think that it's not a matter of tearing the whole thing down it's like adding into that and allowing those people to be able to still be in those relationships and those different ways of doing things i think so long as there's choice yeah. you know we got to try to figure out how to make it you know more accepted i'm as you know kyle i'm absolutely obsessed with the duggars that dugger family i'm totally <laughs> yeah, yeah. obsessed with them and while was courting 13 and counting what was it called i can't remember it's called 19 and counting they have 19 19 and counting and while courting sounds, can you imagine being pregnant for non-stop for like 20 years no i can't imagine doing no no but what i'm saying is like you know they have been subject to such vitriol because they believe in courting which is a very traditional way of dating where you you know, hold hands, you're not alone, you know, then you get engaged and you can side hug and then you save everything about yourself until you're married. And and what I'm saying is that like, if it's- You actually can't even take your shoes off in front of another person until you're at least 15, so. Oh my God. Okay, see, <laughs> judgment. This is what I'm saying. Pro- point judgmental proven. person over here. Point proven. But what I'm saying is that I- you know, so long as that's their choice and it's not forced upon them, which some have argued that it is, but so long as it remains their choice- you know, we, they certainly get a lot of shit for it, but I just think like, if we want to have all this other stuff, we, we got we to make space for everything. I didn't mean for this podcast to be some, to become so political. Basically, I'm just looking for someone out there to tell me it's okay if I want to have a baby with someone and not live with them. That's really the whole nexus of for this sure. podcast. It's 100%. just that I would, one person I out there that. that's like, I think Jen gets it. But I mean, like, I, I feel, I guess, maybe fortunate with this because I have both friends who are very deeply Christian who, yes, saved themselves, did not have sex before marriage, did the whole church thing. And I have other people who are like, yeah, we eloped, went to Iceland, got married, came back. It was great. <laughs> like, I, I, I run the full gamut. I was having a drink with a girlfriend of mine and she's like, yeah, I'm saving myself for marriage. I don't want to be, but that just seems to be the way it's working out for me in this pandemic. Sure. And I was like, oh, oh, God. So we asked for unorthodox questions to the fishbowl. I'd like to get to a few of them. I know we're running long in the tooth on this episode, but I think you guys will like what we, what we got in the fishbowl. So I'll just um, I'll just take a crank into it. Kyle, here's your keys. Thank you. Also a very traditional, non-traditional, right? Harkens from the past. 
the old swingers parties mm-hmm. harkens from the past, but you know, it's considered, you know, avant-garde <laughs> and risque in its time. How would you feel about both partners in a marriage taking a brand new last name to begin a new legacy and tradition? I like it. It's fine. I actually, similar thing, although a little bit different, basically was a friend of a friend. They were getting married and they kind of came to this decision as like, we, we don't care what last name we have. So they actually got both of their families to play a soccer game. <laughs> and then uh, whichever side won got to choose what the last name was going to be that the other oh person God. had to change. My their mother last would name be to. out there with like brass knuckles. She fighting dirty. Neither really cared. Like, yeah, I'll change my name to yours or you can change your name to mine. And, and they couldn't come to a decision themselves. So it was basically a coin flip, but in a competitive soccer fashion. I'm not loving the idea that just because you're a man, you get to have the name. I don't, yeah. I feel like that's a bridge too far. And I, I, I'll argue this to, to, to bolster my opinion. I am the last Sanford. I am the last of my kind. There's no more of me. sounds like a me. HBO limited series, by the way. There's no more the of me. The last Sanford. There is no more of me. I am the last. No matter how mm. wide you go out our family tree, I am the last one. There is not another one. And so if I were to be in a relationship, especially with a man who had tons of family members like to carry on that lineage, I don't know why the case wouldn't be made that a child, especially a son, would have my last name. Like, what, mm-hmm. like what is the problem there? And yet it has been a very much deal breaker in my past, in, in my past relationships. When I have floated that little balloon out, that balloon has been led every time. I will say this from my perspective. I could not care less, no matter what gender I end up being able to marry, if that is something that's in my future, whether they keep their name or if they wanted to change their name to mine, that's their choice at their point. Mm. At that point, I will say this. I don't really want to change my last name. So that's why I also feel like they shouldn't have to change their last name. But that's also a product of being 38. If you were 20, you wouldn't give a shit. I do think that this question inspires um, one of my favorite scenes from the movie Father of the Bride, where the daughter comes home and says like, oh, we're having a baby. And they're like, well, what are you going to name the baby? And they're like, well, we're thinking we might hyphenate and do Banks McKenzie. And neither family likes that. They're like, you come from a long line of Banks's and McKenzie's like you can't. You can't, you have to choose. And she's like, well, we could take the letters and make a new last name. And he's like, are you telling me I could have a son named Cooper Zankman? Unacceptable (laughs) to me. And so you do kind of run into like the traditional values of your family who I think would weigh in on that. But I don't, if it's your destiny, I think you, you know, you do you and both partners are in for it. You do you. Saves the battle of wills that I'm in around, like, I'm not changing Mm -hmm. my name now. This podcast has like four listeners. I'm really somebody. Come on now. Next question in the fishbowl. Does the idea of tra- of a traditional marriage make sense in a world where you need two incomes to support a household? Oh my God, I could have put this in there. Kyle, Kyle, I think I what they're saying. The question. Oh, what they're saying is, does the idea of traditional marriage, which would be in this particular definition, the idea that like the man works and the wife stays at home. Oh, do you no, think the no. idea and well, the fact I, that you couldn't even figure that out might prove my whole point about this, this question. So the, through that lens, the question is, does the idea of traditional marriage, so man staying at, man working, woman staying at home, make sense in a world where you need two incomes to support a household? And I get that I am putting this in, in heterosexual context. I guess, you know, for I guess the idea that one person works and one person is a is a house wife or house husband. I guess it depends on what your income actually is, but. I guess the quick answer to your question is no, it doesn't make sense for one person to stay home and one person to go out and make the money. But then you have to decide, is this a pool thing? Do we each have our own bank accounts? 
where does the mortgage payments come out of? Like, that's just, again, conversations you're going to have to have with, with the partner. But I would agree. I would, I would want the autonomy for each person. Remember, um, Ali Wong did that comedy special when she was pregnant and she said like, yeah, I am taking great care of my husband because I do not want to work in this whole world where we all have to lean in and rise up. I just want to lay down. (laughs) And that really resonated (laughs) with some people. Um, Question three here in a world of fuck whatever you want, whenever you want. I wish they would have said whomever, not whatever. Like, what are your activities (laughs) on the weekend? Are we done with courting? Is there any man or any woman that even wants that anymore? Well, yeah, we've already discussed that there's pockets of the world where you know, traditional values and, you know, we still have well, a, yeah. a very, you know, Not religious. Just pockets, but yeah, so there's religious, d- different cultures. But again, speaking from my own point of view, I like, I like feeling fancy sometimes. I like being taken out on the town and maybe having my dinner paid for or something like that. I mean, I'm, I'm not opposed to that. And I think that. But I think you, go, you don't want to conflate courting with wooing. Like we want to be wooed. <laughs> but I think he might have meant. Because it was submitted. Oh, later. like he might have meant like courting, like Duggar style. Like, is that even responsible? And you've said earlier in this podcast, you're not going to get into anything until you know what they can do in the bedroom. Right. Yeah, they have to come to my house with a boombox above their head. Like, I need that at least. Do you want to hear a fun story about Jesus? Again, the person that you're going on dates with or the actual Jesus? Yeah, I feel like when we're talking about courting and unorthodox things, I should be very clear. This person I'm going on dates with, I have to tell, he'll be mortified. Good thing he doesn't listen to this podcast. I wondered how traditional he was going to be when I met him. And he invited me over to his home because we were in a COVID lockdown. He was like, will you come over to my home because it's COVID lockdown? Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, sure. But are you going to murder me because I don't want to be murdered? Um, And he's like, no, I promise, like, phone a friend. Here's my address. Like, I'll make sure that you're very safe. I have, you know, no nefarious intentions. And so I go to his house. I'm nervous because, you know, you want to meet in a neutral place. But when everything is closed, what are you going to stand in a field six feet apart and be like, tell me about yourself. You just have those cans with like the wire between the two of them. And you're just like, you know, we're in the vaccination days. So we're in the, you know, we're in the bubble. So we're doing fine. And I knocked on the door and I go up to the door and he opens the door a crack and I'm like, oh my God, I am going to be murdered. Who doesn't open the door? And he's like, come in. I walk in the door and he's wearing nothing but a little triangle of fabric, strategically placed fabric. <laughs> the song song is playing in the background. It was a very <laughs> sweet moment. It was a very sweet moment. But you know, that's, you know, a great way to, to just say like, I am a good guy. But I'm not, uh, I'm not going to buy you like a daisy every time we meet. Like, I'm a man. I'm a man. So you kind of know where you're at. Anyway, so uh, what man or woman wants it anymore? Not Jesus. Mm -hmm. Okay, last question. How do I pursue the lifestyle I really want without the guilt of what I was raised to think I should have or or should build? Kyle, you want to talk about family pressure? Sure. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You sure uh, about that? I'm not the best person to ask that to because I was never put under pressure to do a certain thing by my family so i feel kind of lucky in in that regard here is what i will say about this though i think we get into our heads sometimes about what we perceive people are going to think versus what they are actually going to say i don't know how many times i have had it in my head oh they're this person or this family member or whomever 
is going to react this certain way. And I was completely and utterly wrong. Oh, so if you are the only person like if there's no external pressure, like they're not saying and breathing down your neck that this is going to be their expectations, then it could be just you putting these expectations on yourself. Oh, totally. I could give a masterclass in that. Like, oh, my parents would be so disappointed. And my parents are like, oh, we don't give one shit. <laughs> and you're like, oh, no, that's just me. That's just me personifying my own my own guilt. And I think that that really happens in your mid 30s. You figure out what your own value system is and you do in the beginning try to try to put it on other people until you fully do individuate. And then you're like, oh, yeah, OK, no, I, I own this. I own this. I, I did this a lot after my after because I, I lost quite a few family members, quite a few. That sounds like the Titanic. I lost a few family members um, in quite quick succession. And a lot of them were really strong women who really gave a sense of who I was as a person and I felt a tremendous amount of guilt and responsibility to be like, no, be a good girl. Be a good mm -hmm. girl. Like, that's your brand is you have to be a good girl. And I defined good girl as the ability to meet a man, marry that man, live in a home with that man. And I can tell you, I just used to cry in the bathtub when I was married in my, in my late 20s and just think, I don't want, I can't do this. I don't want, I don't want this. I don't, I can't, I'm not thriving in this environment. I don't, I can't do this. I'm not built for this. And having to sort of find the middle ground between, you know, the expectations that I wanted to meet, because these are people in my, these are the people that, you know, raised me against the authentic me that was like, maybe I have to do this totally fucked up. Like maybe I have to do mm -hmm. this in a way that's totally out of order and totally ridiculous and subject to a ton of judgment, but works for me. That's where I'm at today, really. Yeah. And I, on the other hand, have discovered that I think I just want to be a kept man. And I, <laughs> that sounds husband. like a flippant joke. I kind of would love it, to be honest with you. Like, I just <laughs> want someone to come into my life and be like, yeah, you, you do the, that thing. I'll do the artsy fartsy stuff over here and try and run my own business and not have to worry about money anymore, Aww. which occupies like 80% of my day. I would say, like knowing you as well as I do, I think you get into the rhythm of that and then you'd be like, no, I got to build my own shit. You're so fiercely mm. independent, Kyle. And your spirit animal is a lion, we've learned. Mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. It means I kill my own young when I feel threatened. <laughs> well, I am very curious to know how other people live their unorthodox lives. If you have any feedback or anything that you want to send in to us, you can go to, again, our website, somebodydatejenandkyle.com. That's Jen with two Ns. We also have some fancy, some brand spanking new social media links here for you. We are finally at Somebody Date in three different places. You can follow it's us over on Twitter. <laughs> I know. You can follow us over on Twitter. We are over on Instagram. And we are also on... I believe it's called the TikTok. More than that, it's 11. I don't know if by the time this goes up, our first video will be there, but I am working on one and it'll be bad probably. But go and uh, enjoy us over there. We're at somebody date on TikTok. Kyle is braver than me. You can you can catch Kyle in all of his glory on, on TikTok. Thank you for joining us this evening, no matter how you choose to live your life or how you make sense of it. You know, we're here for you. And uh, we're all on this quest to, to find and succumb to love. <laughs> Stay safe out there. We'll see you next week. Good night. Bye. Bye.